Hello and welcome to Laps Gamer Radio. I'm your host Mark Hamer and today we'll be delving into this year's EGX. We'll be talking a little bit about the games that we played, what we liked about the conference and what we didn't like about the conference. Joining me this evening are Kev, Ali and both of the Stewarts. Good evening gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Alright. Good evening. We'll start with what we played at the show. Um, who wants to start us off? Well I think we should start with Stuart Neil actually because you've got a hefty list. <laughs> <laughs> you got money's worth didn't you? <laughs> yes, and actually now that I'm starting to go back through the list, I'm thinking I played like a small percentage of the games that were actually um, on show. So very, very quickly, I'll just sort of run through. I had a go at uh, Pikaniku, Earth's Dawn, all these delicate duplicates, Inops, WWE 2K17, Blockships, Dawn of War 3, Leitmotif, Tokyo 42, Octomari Rescue, Falling and Falling, which I think is actually the Collage Atlas. Uh, Tethered, uh, the Deep Descent um, PSVR demo, I think it's just called the Deep. Emerald, Troll and I, Conga Master, Brutal ASCII, Frozen Synapse 2 and The Little Acre. And uh, just as we were passing in the retro section, I also had a my very first go at Virtua Boy Tennis. Uh, had a wee quick go on Tempest and Rogue Squadron on GameCube as well. Any standouts from that list? The standards from that list, um, probably Tethered um, as a PSVR mm, title, mm, yeah. um, mm-hmm. done by what, seemingly like an indie company, and um, by the looks of things, possibly just knocking what so- uh, Sony have been doing just completely out of the park. Um, Troll and I was a very interesting, um, potentially couch co-op game as well, and uh, I had I enjoyed playing Dawn of War three even though it is just more Dawn of War, but that's not necessarily <laughs> a bad thing. A um, couple of other wee ones that stood out were Pico Nico, um, was just a lovely little game to play. Um, Earth's Dawn uh, was another sort of 2D side-scrolling game, very reminiscent of um, Metal Slug, um, but with sort of much better graphics and sort of much bigger sort of character sprites and what have you, so I think that could be certainly one to look out for. Tokyo 42 um, was another sort of... Um, almost, I want to say, sort of pixel art-ish, um, but um, sort of vaguely Hitman-ish as well, as in you have certain contracts to do within uh, the city that you're in, and uh, you pick up different weapons, pick up the contracts, and um, go and basically take out people. So yeah, out of those ones, those are the ones that sort of uh, stood out for me. Uh, the other honourable mention within those then is the, uh, the Collage Atlas, which was just a lovely um, sort of hand-drawn uh, scenery and what have you, there's still an awful lot of work to be done with and uh, speaking to the dev at the time, um, he has high hopes for it and uh, certainly any of the reviews that I've read of EGX so far um, that has been mentioned a couple of times as an honourable mention about uh, one that's definitely worth to look out for uh, Kev? I spent a lot of time in the pub <laughs> Yes she did, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, is the over, that is the over traditional thing to date Eurogame as well, is spend lots of time in the pub I did most of the list that um, Stuart did. Um, but I didn't spend as much time in the indies as I did. I played Jalopy. That was good fun. Um, definitely the... Well, you, absolute, you broke Jalopy. I, well, yeah, I broke Jalopy, yes. But that, <laughs> I didn't mean to. Um, mm. But that was like the polar opposite of Burnout, for instance. What else did I do? Mm. Uh, the Lego uh, new one for Dimensions. Um, they've got a few of the new expansions on there. Uh, yeah. You know, they've, they've got the Gremlins, they've got Harry Potter, they've got Ghostbusters, they were still missing... They've got Adventure Time on there as well. Yeah, they've got on the game, but not the pieces, which was weird. Uh, they had on uh, on the unit that um, me and my girlfriend played on, they, they had... Um, oh, right. 
Maybe um, it was Jake. Is it Jake? The dog then. thing from Adventure Time? Yeah. They had yeah. a little model of him there. Did have mini Tom Cruise on mine, though, and uh, I was just. Did <laughs> <laughs> he get any smaller? Tom Cruise's uh, mini. No, that's it. It was still the life-size Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, really liked the Hitman game. Uh, that was class to watch. And I've uh, sp- spent a couple of hours in the dev talks. Um, games, I can't remember a great deal. I went to the retro section and played um, the first game that I'd ever played on the Atari ST, which was Stunt Car Racer. Uh, that was, oh god, yeah. yes. Oh, that frame rate. Oh. <laughs> Not wrong oh. with four frames a minute, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously tethered. Tethered blew my mind so much that I'd say I'm actually um, looking at converting the house so that I've actually got a VR room now. So that's hmm. uh, going to be uh, some more work to do. Um, South Park, again, that looks good, but didn't really get to it because obviously the queue was ridiculous and then it got reduced down to one machine at one point so kind of lost out there yeah tokyo 42 that would have been a hell of a lot more playable if i didn't have so much fun with the controls they were just ridiculous could not get around it at all Mm. yeah it was um keyboard and mouse based although from what i can tell it's coming to consoles and what have you so there will definitely be controller support um, mm. So that'll definitely make that an awful lot easier to play, um, just because the on the keyboard you use the W A S and D and then, but it's Q and D to turn your perspective mm. as well. Yeah, uh, which yeah, it, it, it just felt very yeah, um, just not uh, very instinctive. For me, my personal highlights were the new stuff on LEGO Dimensions because I didn't even know anything about battle mode until the guy on the stand says. Um, do you know? Have you heard about battle mode? And I went, what? Then you could just see my <laughs> tiny eyes go wide open, and my mind got got completely blown. Brilliant! So again, Lego have done it with uh, Couch Co-op. Asked about the online support, so I'm not sure whether that's actually going to happen, which is a shame. I think they could really do something with that. It could be something to equal Mario Kart as far as online play, you know, where you just dive in and have a fight with randoms. You know, you don't need to have um, your mates. You can just talk to anybody with that. Uh, that were about it, I think. Uh, Tethered. Tethered is definitely my top game, I would have thought. That and Troll and I, which me and Stuart played, that was great fun. Uh, a couch co-op that they're looking at maybe dialing back the gore on which makes sense if they're going to do it as a father and son thing there's some pretty extreme gore on there at the moment that they do need to tame down but yeah there was some great stuff but um, the weather spoons won for me <laughs> Ali what did you get up to? Uh, for me this year it was uh, more about socialising um, we'll go on to some of the reasons why later um, but so obviously you love a party with an atmosphere <laughs> uh, it was great meeting up with you guys uh, and the guys from Codec Moments um, yep. went to the Hitman Dev session which was wicked um, yep. the the guys were so passionate about the game gave so much detail um, and whatnot. so that was that was really good and informative it was quite nice to, to see the workings and the thinkings behind uh, some of the levels that they've made and Try not to give us too many spoilers because apparently the next episode's quite a, a biggie. He was um, killing had, himself. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we, and then I actually had a go on um, an exclusive mission. I think it was to Eurogamer, which uh, myself, uh, Colin, that was with us, um, and the Code Up Moment guys, and Kev was watching us all 
try and attempt this mission in different ways. Um, I think it's made you want that game a bit more. Is that right, Kev? You, you're struggling to hold out. Oh, it's crucifying <laughs> now. I know for a fact that the physical copy now is three months away. And after watching the new Colorado level, watching what had gone before, watching you play the... Um, oh, what country were it? Bangkok. Uh, Bangkok. Oh, yeah, it was the Bangkok, Bangkok level. Yeah. Oh, God, it just looks so much fun. And it is... Case of I, it's on my wish list, and every now and again I'll look at me PlayStation and just have my finger hovering over the buy button. But I'm thinking, <laughs> no, come on, do it, it's impossible. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, uh, I for some reason queued up for uh, Call of Duty, uh, more so to play the remastered version just to see what that's like. Um, to be fair, it looks great. Um, but I've I used to be I wouldn't say a die-hard fan, but it was one of those games that you can't help but buy every year. Uh, I didn't this year, and I can see why now. Because after being away from it for a, a year, not only am I um, completely rubbish at the game, um, it yeah I I've got no lust for that game at all anymore. And even though the remaster does look fantastic, I was thinking uh, why am I even sat playing this? Um, it, it was a bit horrendous. Um, so did that crazy thing. Uh, had a little go on uh, the new WWE game, which is the same as the rest. Um, and oh, I had a little go on Tethered. Um, managed to get on that sneakily. Uh, mm-hmm. And same as you guys, that is that is fantastic. Yep. Uh, I checked out some um, other sort. We might talk about this later, but I checked out um, NVR, um, which is um, a cheaper version of um, VR that's possibly coming out or is coming out ah. uh, which is going to be a Kickstarter um, thing that's starting uh, in October uh, and it looks really good it's a entry level into VR um, so yeah. anybody that's struggling with the 300 plus price band Ooh. of the uh, the PlayStation and obviously you've got your cardboards and your um, the gear VR that you can get for your Samsung phones um, so it's that next step up. Um, it uses some different technology. It's compatible with everything. Um, it's questionable if you're going to get lag and different things. Um, but they were basically showing off a prototype and um, what they're hoping to go with. Um, and then basically showing that off. So it looks really, really good. Uh, if it works on everything and it's virtually lag free, then it could be a winner for anybody that wants to get into into VR. Um, I'm just trying to think of what else I played. Um had a quick go on FIFA 17, uh, which is just a bit of a tradition with uh, Colin that I go with. I let him kick my ass at that because <laughs> I'm rubbish at FIFA. I have no lust for football at all. Um, oh, and Gears of War. Um, I was with Mark and Zoe and Colin after we had uh, a quick pint with Kev. Uh, and the queue, which was surprisingly uh, non-existent. Uh, granted, mm. we went for the the single player version, um, but then again, I didn't think the uh, the multiplayer version was particularly long. Um, but it took us five minutes, if that, uh, and we played one of the levels, and, and it, it was good. Um, personally, I didn't see the the 4K ness of it. It was running on PC. Uh, it looked really, really good, but I wasn't blown away. Uh, whether that's because I've got a 4K TV and I'm seeing and things in 4K, uh, and it was just, eh, or it wasn't ramped up. I don't know. Um, it still looked really, really good, and the effects were good. Where it, it was really windy at one point, and you're trying to throw a grenade or whatever, and there's just stuff flying everywhere, which is really good use of uh, the environment and, and nature and whatnot. But 
Um, yeah, didn't quite get the 4K-ness, but yeah, it's just a, another uh, Gears of War game. Looks great. Um, just more Gears of War, which is never a bad thing. Stuart, what did you get up to? Um, stuff. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm as well running off a Stuart, other Stuart style list of things just because I fucking played it. Listening to his list, I'm like, oh, my list is slightly different. Um, <laughs> I played No Numerical Order. Uh, Titanfall 2, Battlefield 1, Gears of War 4, South Park, The Fractured Butthole with Noxious Rift, uh, Little, Little Nightmares, um, World Rally Championship 6, Motorsport Manager, Horizon Dawn Zero, Gran Turismo Sport, Call of Duty, fucking Infinity War, and the remastered version, same as Ali, Dishonored 2, uh, The Fall Part 2, the, te- the the Turning Test, which is already out, but was reasonably good, Sniper Elite 4, uh, Rigs on PSVR, uh, Battle Tanks on PSVR, um, what else did I play? I'm trying to think now. I played Black and White Bushido. Um, I played Ukulele. I played Overcooked. I played Out the Box, is it? Um, possibly. It's an indie game where you're a wee box guy. It's pretty good. Um, I played WWF Tech 7. I'm trying to think now in the fighting section. I played that app game that had like these stacked animals. I don't know if any of you seen that. It was a kind of like um, it was like you scanned the animal on your iPad and then you made like a a, a Jenga tower of animals. Yeah, balance based. I think it's called. I think it was a Kickstarter one. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, and I did lots of other things in between, mostly Q and mostly Moan. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So it was it was um, yeah. I got, I got to play a fair share of stuff. Woo. I played a lot of games, uh, and I wish I'd done what Stuart had been doing over the over the weekend and keeping a running note of what I played because I can't remember the, the titles of quite a lot of them. <laughs> but um, the ones that I can remember, but I, I got a little chance to play um, the battle mode on Lego Dimensions um, with uh, Zoe, my girlfriend, and neither of us had ever played Lego Dimensions before. I've been tempted to buy it, but I hadn't played it before. Really, really enjoyed that. Played Gears uh, for like Ali mentioned, yeah, pretty much the same view as you had. It was they were running on 4K monitors on PCs, and it, it advertised on it that it was running in 4K on um, GTX 1080 uh, graphics cards, but didn't look that good really. Um, I don't know how much of that was due to the muted color palette. I don't know how shiny in 4K you can make 1001 shades of brown. But um, played the the special Hitman challenge they'd got there, smashed that out in 10 minutes. Then a bunch of indie games. Political Animals, which is sort of like a um, an election simulator sort of thing. Political Animals is an election simulator s- uh, game set in a fictional world populated by corrupt crocodiles and meriocratic mice. So sort of like cutesy cartoony animals. And you run a campaign through different districts, trying to either run a clean campaign or run a dirty campaign and discredit your opponent as much as possible. Um, only managed to play about 15 minutes or so of that, so I didn't get to sink my teeth in too much, but really enjoyed that. I played um, Dead Cells, which is uh, sort of like... Um, uh, on the, the face of it, like a, like a run-of-the-mill sort of Metroidvania sort of game, but um, <clears throat> had like incredibly tight combat um, with like pinpoint timing uh, and... That was 
yeah, really, really fun to play. Um, Perfect Universe. I think it's called Perfect Universe. That, that Gravity Games thing. Do you remember? Um, yes. Uh, what was it called? Uh, yeah, Perfect Universe, I think it's called. And uh, that's like three or four different multiplayer games. Um, sort of gravity-based games within that. Um, so yeah, that. so I played a little bit of that. It was sort of the, the bit I played was uh, sort of a 2D uh, black and white uh, platformer, but with like variable gravity. So um, as you moved around, gravity would shift while you were in midair, and, and um, that was quite interesting to play. Little Nightmares uh, played that, which is a, um, a really cool sort of like 3D um, platformer game with like a really creepy. So I'd say horror, but it's not scary. It's just sort of creepy. You play a little character in a in a yellow um, raincoat, uh, running around a sort of Tim Burton esque um, horror house, trying to. And in the, the the level you're playing, you're trying to escape from a, a giant, ugly, nasty uh, chef. Um, who will chase you down whenever they spot you uh, and that was really cool and Little Nightmares had probably the nicest designed stand in in the entire conference I'd say I don't know if you guys saw it yeah. at all yeah great yeah they, they designed like a like a the whole thing was set up like a, a giant sort of wooden kitchen a sort of area um with uh, like big frying pan set up around the outside and people dressed up as characters from the game uh, running around. And that was good fun. Tethered, which came as a bit of a surprise to us because uh, me and Kev and Zoe wandering around the, the indie section spotted the Tethered stand and saw that it was a PSVR game. They didn't have much of a queue and we hadn't managed to get appointments to actually try PSVR properly over on the Sony stand. So we thought, we'll get in the queue and we'll check it out. And the game didn't look all that from the screens, but thought well you know it'll be a chance to check out the headset uh and it turned out to be well one of the, the highlights of the show for me but it's a sort of brilliant sort of little like um god sim uh in style of like a sort of populous or um black and white where you control these little minions uh and try and stop them from oh well so like you have these little eggs that you that you hatch and you'll get more minions from them uh, but sometimes if an egg falls from the sky and is left then a slug will appear out of it these nasty slugs and you have to go and fight them and if you don't because you're paying attention elsewhere then the minions will get really depressed and then you can't interact with them anymore and they'll just walk slowly towards the edge of the map and then jump off um, but it was, a, it, was, it was a wonderful game I really really enjoyed that um, I've played loads of other ones but I they're escaping me at the moment. I can't really remember. I'm sure they'll come back to me as we continue to talk. But um, I suppose should we talk about our personal like highlights in terms of games played at the at the uh, conference? I've pretty much named my two anyway. Um, my two were tethered and Lego Dimensions. I think like everyone else, tethered uh, was pretty much the game of the show. I think for most of us, it was one of those games that none of us expected. It's on VR. Uh, it didn't make you feel sick mm. or anything, and the way, the way, just the way they were. That the game was good, and the developer had so much time for us. Um, yeah, we, myself, Mark, and, and Kev were actually speaking to him while um, Stu, Stu's brother, and, and Zoe were in the queue, um, waiting to play it again. Uh, and it was just a shame we none of us hit record or just threw a mic in his face. <laughs> we we're actually queuing him up for an interview, for hopefully for a later episode. Um, and the stuff he was coming out with was just great, and he had so much time for us. And yeah, Scott Kirkland, it was the guy that we were talking to. The, the indie community is just so good at these events that 
they'll give you anything. Obviously, it's free publicity to them and and whatnot. But it's the passion as well. But then there was like when we were queuing up to actually play it, there was uh, one of the other developers, that, that the Welsh fella. Yeah. Um, he was talking to us for ages about the game, and he was really, really enthusiastic about it. And then, and then he explained like, so we were there, we we were playing that about what three o'clock on Friday afternoon, and he'd been there just standing talking to people in the the queue since nine o'clock the following the the, the previous morning, no. uh, just all day just standing there talking to people about this game over and over again, and he didn't lose any of his enthusiasm mm. at all. Like these people had genuine love for the game they were making, and. It's just it was such a lovely little game. I was really really surprised. Yeah, I think I think unlike other stores, which I think um, Stu Cullen, uh, you can appreciate this that with a lot of your AAA uh, games, um, a lot of the time it's not um, game staff that are there. Um, mm-hmm. I think Ubisoft is the only exception to the rule, um, but they basically just hire um, sometimes booth babes, but just booth people uh, that are there to possibly pump up the crowd or just make sure that you're not taking pictures you're playing the game you're not destroying anything or trying to nick the copy of the game whereas mm-hmm. with the indie guys it is literally them granted it's budgets and whatnot but that gives you a better experience while you're there because you get to talk to someone about it that was the situation with little nightmares it's like it's a small game being made by a small studio but it's being um uh, published by bando namkai or namco bandai whichever way around it is this week um and so all the staff they had there they weren't developers they were just people who were just there to get the queue moving as quickly as possible well it was like with secret sorcery um everybody there was the staff yeah it was it what were it said did he say he got 12 or 14 no, no, people 14, 14 14 people in the studio yeah. and there was oh. 5 or 6 of them there at EGX yeah no they were all really yeah really really nice and easy to talk to um, Kev and I as I say um, were playing Troll and I um, so we actually got talking to um, a couple of the guys from Spiral House um, who actually have um, produced that and developed and again it's just a 15 man team in house and now they've been contracted out previously for um, sort of other publishers and things like that so this is their first big game for, by themselves but one of the other guys um, saw our t-shirts um, with the Laps Gamer t-shirts on and he immediately subscribed to the podcast and uh, yeah no it's it's just interactivity like that is so nice and uh, there was a couple of other guys you know saw the t-shirts and what have you and said you know um, here's your business card you know hit us up and uh you know, possibly interviews or even sort of game code or whatever, and um, we'll happily take any of the feedback and things. And it's it was just so nice, and also the fact that you know instead of standing in a queue for an hour, an hour and a half or whatever um, on some of the AAA titles and things, you were actually very quickly getting on to a lot of the indie games. Um, there was maybe only two or three people in front of you. I think some of the bigger lines were for any of the indie VR, um, but that's more just because of it's a bigger experience and they take a little bit longer to get everything set up on those. Well, you and me at different points over the weekend also got to have a little chat to um, a guy that we've had some interaction with before, uh, Arnold de Bock who um, used to work on Super Arcade Football, which is another game I played. I, f- I forgot I played. Oh, fuck, um, yeah, I played against yeah. you. <laughs> and I had so much fun with that. As soon as I got home, I bought it on Steam. I really enjoyed that game. Um, nice. It reminds me so much of Kickoff. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That's a bloody good football game. Uh, but, yeah, we, we we talked to him at, um, at different points over at another game that I forgot I played, Piku Niku, um, over in the, the sort of left field area for the even weirder indie games uh, and the, he's making that game it was just him and one other person making that game so two people manning that station all weekend so I don't know how they sorted out who goes for lunch when or who goes for a pee <laughs> break when or whatever but yeah the, the, he was incredibly 
uh, friendly and chatty as well. Yeah, all the developers are just in the indie section were were great. Um, all the, the staff in the other areas less so. They weren't exactly unfriendly, but um, they didn't they weren't didn't have like an intimate relationship with the game they were showing off in the same way that these these small indie developers did. I have to say, while I was queuing up for the um, PlayStation VR experience, there was one guy um, on the PR team for PlayStation who wasn't quite on point. Uh, with his branding or whatever, um, I think we were sort of generally um, a couple of other guys were generally asking questions about you know what resolution the PSVR headset runs in, and I think he said it's 720p and what have you. Um, but obviously the PS4 Pro will give that a little bit of a boost, um, not necessarily the resolution, but it, um, just the sort of the graphical powers and what have you, um, sort of streaming to it. And then he said that the uh, the Scorpio will yeah <laughs> make VR look even more impressive. Uh, so yeah, that was a little bit odd, <laughs> so it was, um, for the messaging and what have you, um, especially for something that we still aren't quite sure um, on the specs and things like that. But Not as bad as the announcer at the end of the Hitman talk. <laughs> yeah, oh, of course, says, yeah. Have, uh, enjoy the rest of your E3. Yeah, <laughs> we thought we Eurogamers, <laughs> that was uh, Eurogamers Ify Wilson yeah. saying, uh, oh, enjoy the rest of E3. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> That's just the yeah. icing on the cake after the wristbands. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, brimming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brimming. Because I'm still brimming. I'm still brimming with hope. Um, it's probably worth just mentioning that if anybody has uh, got this far in this podcast as well and you were a, you're a gamer and you're a new sub, uh, welcome. Um, I know yeah. when we were sat at the pub on the Saturday when I got there, uh, it was the first pub stop with Kev. Uh, for a, a wee Guinness <laughs> first of many um, <laughs> uh, there was a chap that just kind of saw the back of our t-shirts and was asking us questions and um, hopefully he he's subscribed but uh, he was saying that he was a laps gamer as well so it was quite nice to meet uh, a few other people and not necessarily people that listen to us then but they hopefully do now Stuart Cullen you're being uncharacteristically non-hyperverbal meh um yeah um meh um, highlights. I played Titanfall at home a month ago. I played Battlefield one at home a month ago. I played Gears of War one three, four at home a month ago. Um, yeah, but you didn't have to queue for long for that, did nah, you? No, well, that's because everybody realised they'd played the beaters a month, yeah. a month ago. <laughs> um, I try and keep in highlights. Um, well, if you had to pick one game as your highlight of the weekend, what would it be? I liked Riggs, but Riggs is VR, but then VR's the great unknown, you know what I mean? It's the undiscovered countries, Captain Kirk and Spock once said, because anything yeah. you play in v- the, the next VR thing you experience is the best VR experience ever, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's my third VR experience in two days. It's the best one, well, who knows? The fourth one might be the best one. So I don't want to go OTT on Riggs, but it was impressive. It was, no, it wasn't impressive, it was alright. It was... um. The aiming system was pish, but hey ho, we'll see how that goes. Mm. Um, there was just was yeah, dishonored was dishonored, but nobody's gonna ride home about dishonored and fucking go mental batshit crazy, are they? And well, I'm really excited to play that, but I didn't want to. It's queue just up for dishonored, it. but it's no, it's no like we've reinvented the wheel. It's like no, here's dishonored with more dishonored, and you're kind of like, yeah, that's that's cool. I like that, you know, and I, can, I like dishonored. Yeah, so it's, it works exactly. They didn't need to do much to that to improve no. it. Really, and it's the same when you play it. It's like city looks lovely. Characters do the same thing. Same elements of combat and stuff. Yeah, it's great, but again, it's 
same so same with the same the same of the film. It's the same as the last one. Fear it's just the same as the last one, just with new elements. That's fine, but again, it ain't set my world on fire. Um, it was mm. a bit of a, a, an anti-climatic one because we'll talk about why that later. But there was stuff I hoped would have been there that wasn't there. Um, for me, the highlight of the show was meeting Ralph Fulton for. Horizon, uh, Forza Horizon at the dev session um, because other than that it was very don't worry I enjoyed meeting all the rest of the devs and all that but he was like the the the, 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 the man at this point you know what I mean so especially because I just didn't, I had an interview with him published that day so it was kind of a magic moment uh, he'd seen the interview and so forth and we spoke to each other you know um, downside is uh, EA had fucking six Titanfall developers and six Battlefield developers at their stand but they weren't talking to anybody in an official capacity which was bullshit and I don't get why why are they there like why did you bring six guys across the Atlantic like why they weren't doing dev sessions why did you bother they didn't do dev sessions so you can't say they were doing non-press related talks but they were there was no dev sessions there was no talking to press and they were just generally floating about scratching their arse and living it up having a free holiday and I kind of get my head around that and I know folk are like oh well what gives them the, the given right to talk to press and I'm like oh it doesn't matter that and it's the case of why would you bring them I mean you've paid thousands of pounds to bring these people here for what? And I don't know if Eurogamers locked down the contract and said, you only talk to us and all that. That's fair enough. You know what I mean? You want to be that way, you be that way. But at the same time, it was a bit disappointing to be a foot away from a man who made probably one of my third favourite games. Um, and knowing that if I spoke to him, I could not use any of the words that were communicated between us in any way, shape or form for anything. And I think that was just like the kind of like, oh, that, that sums up Eurogamer this year for me promised so much and just wet and damp and just no is this a a, a good point to uh, to move on to the disappointments of the show um well whether first of all were there any games you played that were particularly disappointing because i've got one um cod cod um, cod, cod, yeah, cod remastered yeah. was, was very much um you in your head you're like oh wow they're bringing it back and the second you walk out there you're like Oh, I, I remember Martyrdom. I remember yeah, Juggernaut. I remember the P90. Yeah. I remember all of this. Yeah, we've came a long way since then. And you're kind of like, it taints your, it taints the golden image of this amazing game in your yeah. mind. Because you're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to need to go back into this. And I'm going to need to start using stop and power with everything. And it just yeah. kind of. I think that's why I'm not a massive retro fan. Because when I have gone back and played these games, it spoils the. What I remember is a childhood like Goldeneye. Mm. Absolutely love Goldeneye. I played the shit out of that and I didn't even own an N64. Um, but I, I put so many hours into that game. But then when you go back and play it or you buy one, because you can get probably the game and the console for 30 quid now, something stupid. And you're like, oh, this isn't quite as good as I remember it. Um, and it was a little bit similar with COD. Yeah, it looked great, but it's just like, eh, some of the guys that I was playing against must have been ninjas or something because I was just dying all the goddamn time which is no surprise with COD but it's the evolution in the platform do you know what I mean so it evolves and it's like you look at the Halo Master Chief collection it was like you can see the evolution but at the same time you still had the kind of newer stuff in there whereas with this it's going to be massive and folk are going to play the shit out of it and stuff but it's a case that it's like yeah there, there are elements you could have put in in modern gaming that might have 
paid off this time round, you know. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, it's like we've moved on a long way since the days of free kill streaks and stuff, you know. Um, but I just, I just kind of was like, ah, nah, it's it wasn't it wasn't what it was what I thought it would be in my head. So, yeah. One of the other games yeah. that I completely forgot yeah. that I played that I finally managed to get on uh, right at the end um, on Saturday evening before we were about to leave was uh, ukulele. Uh, which I wanted to try all weekend. Um, I thought, you know, coming off the back of of playing uh, the reboot Ratchet and Clank and some of the good uh, sort of three D mascot platformers that came out towards the end of the last generation, I was I was, you know, I've got an appetite for that sort of game again, um, and I just didn't like it. Well, I didn't I didn't dislike it. I, I didn't love it. I wanted to love it, and I just really didn't. It was just distinctly average. Um, the humour was very hit and miss. It controlled well, but um, the, the, I don't know whether it was the particular level they picked, or, but it just didn't. It wasn't particularly fun to play, um, and so I think everyone had like sort of an allotted time. Like they'd come along and let you know when you'd played your allotted times, so you could move on. And I left before the end of that because I just wasn't loving it. Um, so that was a bit of a disappointment. Anyone else got any? games they played they didn't like I played WWE 2K17 uh, <laughs> I've been I've been a little bit of a fan of the wrestling games won't have you for a long time but haven't picked up a lot of the um, recent iterations um, just because they do take um, their time sinks for people who like playing them or what have you but considering this is now 2017 this is brand new um, you know hardware and what have you this being developed for admittedly I think there are ports for both the um, Xbox 360 and the PS3 this game is just the same as it always has been they have not really pushed on the engine any and I think fundamentally wrestling games are flawed purely because they want them to be arcade battlers but yet in real life you know, wrestling matches are scripted, and so no, no, no. no. <laughs> get out. So obviously predetermined. I think the word is yeah. predetermined. Heresy. Predetermined. Yes. <laughs> obviously, whenever an actual wrestling match is happening, they're trying to put on the best match that they possibly can, and therefore entertain the fans. But you just never feel that way whenever you're actually playing the games because they are more skewed towards an arcade beat 'em up, and they're just too slow for them to actually even succeed at doing that. Uh, the best wrestling game I've played for, well, at least the WWE ones for a while had been the WWE All-Stars, um, which was a lot more of an actual arcade brawler and was a lot more fun because of it, and um, with the sort of um, very obviously graphically enhanced uh, wrestlers and what have you, with massive muscles and what have you. I would say roided up, but I don't want to start any controversy in that respect. Um, but it just played an awful lot quicker. It just had such ridiculous over-the-top moves and everything, and it was just a lot more fun to play. Whereas they just haven't found a happy medium between either being an arcade brawler or like a simulation. And uh, again, yeah. it's just it's a tired format, and they need to do something with it. Um, funnily enough, they had the WWE 2K17 had their own stand, um, but they also had uh, it running on one of the screens in the Sony um, section as well. And the one in the Sony section actually looked a lot better because it was just on a TV. It was sat in front of a couch and, you know, it was literally just sit down with your mates and have a wee go at it. Whereas whenever we got into the 2K17 um, booth, it just felt so empty. There must have been at least sort of 10 or 12 screens around the wall. But 
we must have had a, just a very very quiet time but there was no buzz or atmosphere or anything to it and uh, it felt that's almost just, that's as just if, Euro game well they felt it felt almost as if they were actually trying to hide the game um, which is kind of a little bit sad so um, I, I don't hide the fact I'm a massive wrestling fan still now I've got WWE Network and I go and watch it live and, and that's the bottom whatnot. line because I always I love say it. so uh, yeah <laughs> too right um, but um, I agree with you Steve that, that basically um, 2K brought the licence of THQ yeah. uh, when that company unfortunately folded um, and for me it, it feels like they've done nothing with it uh, there's been a few tweaks here and there but when you compare the WWE game to uh, the NBA um, and uh, what other games they do, um, like sports-wise, and you're like, why aren't you using the engine that you're using there? Mm-hmm. Um, because they look fantastic. And to be fair, there's not as much happening on a, on a WWE game compared to a basketball game because the maximum you normally have is maybe six in a Royal Rumble, maybe a few more. Uh, you've got a bit of crowd, but that's normally static in terms of they don't do a lot um, so you can make that fairly easily um, and, and yeah they've not done a lot and like you say it's it, some parts of the game is very arcadey you, you, you're smashing buttons and, and doing things and then other times like to get out of a, a submission or to get out of a pin and you're like well oh, it's the hardest thing I've ever played in the game uh, someone goes to pin you or try and submit you and that's it you're fucked just chuck your control on the floor um, so yeah it's very strange but last year they, they, there was no representation from um or for the last year's um wwe game and previous years to that they have been there but they've only been uh, maybe four uh maybe six console consoles that you can play it on um so this year they've had like a massive booth but not really amping it up that much which was very very strange not even a picture of goldberg that you can go and have your picture with or whatever um like they do with some of the stands you can stand with them and pose or whatever um, so it was very strange um, that they had such a big booth for not a lot, for disappointment, really. I had quite positive um, experiences throughout. That's because you were drunk. Yeah, the highlight <laughs> was the Guinness pump. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> that, that's always the highlight. You were under the influence. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Everybody's my friend. I love you all. Let's go sing the song. Uh, the only sort of negative performance I had was with um, the Tokyo 42. But again, that was just the controller thing. If that had been sorted out, I doubt I would have had any complaints at all because the gameplay itself is great. Well, I guess before we go on to our highlights of, of the, the the weekend as a whole, should we just cover any other aspects of it that were disappointing this is your chance Ali is this where we need to do like a siren or something of a rant for me and Colin take a seat take a seat boys we're going to be here all night yeah where do we start Stu where do we start let's get the elephant out of the room Nintendo were a no show Xbox were a no show don't give me any shit about fucking gears we're focusing on gears yeah so why the fuck did you bring Dead Rising 4 to Insomnia a month ago in the same fucking place yeah why didn't why didn't they bring Gears and run it on an Xbox why did they run it on PCs um, they, they had Xbox ones there uh, over at uh, the Squeenix stand they had the Final Fantasy 15 demo was split into PS4 and Xbox One and you could choose which key you wanted to get in and which platform you could play it on but, but that's no Xbox yeah. there was, there was, there was, was no a, not a lot of Xbox presence it was, yeah. it was there was no booth usually there's a Sony booth and a Microsoft booth and that's how it goes and, and a weird Nintendo section yeah there's it doesn't really make sense the Nintendo section because 
the, the, the Nintendo kind of <laughs> got a buy because they've got nothing to show kind of so you're like right fair enough don't even in previous shows they've had in their area Poke- they've Pokemon had Go like stuff a, a was DS. a local I thought the place would have been the yeah, least Pokemon well, yeah, Go dog they had a, that was fuck they had a DS yeah. chill out area in previous shows where you can go and charge it up and do some street pass stuff and buy some yeah. games and, and even well, even if they'd had like a couple of banks of Wii U's there running the new Zelda the queues would have been out the doors oh, yeah. Yeah. to get hands on with the new Zelda mm. but then it's, it's weird it's just so strange even though the, the, the Sony stand was there and it was fairly Sony orientated because they were only representation there but even that did, has not been as big as previous years and and stuff it was very we're here but don't tell anyone mm. kind of well like I said the whole thing stunk of saving money so in past years we've had a COD stand that was then integrated into Sony this year we've had a Destiny stand now this year it was integrated into Virgin Media it's as if they've basically went right if you want a plot it's going to cost you like 200 grand 2 grand 3 grand for a plot and they've went ah fuck that and then these companies have went right look we'll host you because we're a major sponsor of the event so we get our plot for nothing do you know what I mean? And it's just kind of... The Destiny thing really baffles me, considering that Rise of Iron came out that week. you think they <laughs> yeah. would have had a bigger presence. Well, yeah, but th- that was the same for Forza Horizon uh, 3 that's oh, just Oh, I'm out. raging. Forza uh, yeah. had two that consoles. Is, that, that's two consoles. Out tomorrow, and it's, officially. It's just like, I was. I, I went there with high yeah. hopes, because I was like, oh, you're going to have the man who makes the game having a dev session, you're going to have all this awesomeness, and you walk in, and there's a pokey wee bit of the Twitch... Twitch think booth where Forza Horizon is and you're like right that's it you've just pissed on me you've pissed on me and you've pissed me off because at the end of the day what is the point like what is the actual point of being here you know what I mean as, as I said in a review it's like the indies outnumber treble free one now that is not a negative no, no way shape and form but if I wanted to go to res I would go to res I don't go to Eurogamer yeah, yeah. to go to Res. I go to Eurogamer. Especially to, this close to, you know, to silly season. It's insane. You expect yeah. a lot of AAA games yeah. to say, look, come and buy this, come and buy this. But, I mean, Where's the, the Twitch stand with the Forza thing no, I mean, was ridiculous. Because, why was that not um, there? There were some guys on Twitch playing uh, Forza Horizon 3 on wheels using ABS and automatic <laughs> gears. What the fuck? I, I'm, you're not showing off the game. You're just showing how shit you are. Oh. Get off. Let some people... That, it's like... It's cringy. It was quaint. It was like people there to play it. It was like somebody told them what a Eurogamer was meant to be like, and they just went right. Okay, we, we think we've got it. So they just kind of did it, and then you can walk in, you can go right, and you get to the eighteen section, and you're like, right, I've played that, I've played that, I've played that. Right, there's only one game in the eighteen section I've not played. Right, and technically you're not playing that game in the eighteen section. You're just there to experience a prototype technology. Because when you actually get to the bit where you play, they stop you and say, right, that's the demo finished. There was no Ubisoft either. Last year, nah. yeah. they had a massive area where they had uh, an old bell that had yep. fallen down. They had, big, uh, they had official people dressed up as the two stand. guys at the new place. Yeah, and it... The division. Yeah. I can the division kind of. I can kind of understand why, because um, the division's sinking, and they haven't really got anything big coming out Watch in the silly too. season. Everything's been pushed back. So. Watch Dogs is uh, Watch Dogs is early next year, though. You know what I mean? Like in this run up to Christmas. But the, the, the thing that expansion. baffled me was like Mafia Three is there, and Mafia Three is coming out this year, and you couldn't get hands on with it. Yeah, but you could watch twenty rolling trailer. You could watch twenty minutes again, yeah. which you can watch on your phone totally, in yeah. the overqueue. And they got a nice stand made to look like an old cinema, and you just go in and literally just watch 
a trailer. The days, <laughs> yeah. that but, was a thing a couple of years ago. Was going in and watching trailers. The days of that are gone because back then it was like just at the point where mobile phones were getting to the point where you can watch anything anywhere. You could go right, fair enough. I can watch a trailer inside a comfortable room. But now it's like I can watch a trailer anywhere I want. You don't need to, and it's kind of like you've two K. You have wasted your motherfucking money. Why did two two Why did two K not have XCOM two playable? As well, XCOM 2 is out on Friday. Yeah, why is it not playable on the show for? Yeah, it's insane. It's out this Friday. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. Oh, I've got that pre-ordered. The other, the other big rant I've got to have is about Horizon Zero Dawn. So uh, we'd mm-hmm. finished a uh, yeah yep. another beverage with Kev. Uh, and uh, <laughs> there's a pattern emerging. Uh, myself, Colin, uh, Mark, and Zoe were uh, wandering over. And we said, right, let's go and have a go on Horizon Dawn. Really interested in the game. Want to get hands on with it just to see if it plays and feels as good as it looks. It's a, it was a one on quite high up on our list to say, right, let's go and play it. Um, so Mark says, right, we'll do a quick tag team. Him and his missus went for a piss. Me and Colin stood in the queue and we we're just going to swap. Get to the queue, nothing, not much there. And I'm thinking, Jesus, he's not going to be able to wash his hands quick enough to get back here before we're, we're playing it. And then some dozy old bint, because she was a dozy old bint, stopped us and says, uh, uh, have you booked? Booked what? I've got tickets, love. I'm, you know, <laughs> come to have a go. Oh, no, 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 you've got to book. Well, why? Where, where's this come from? Oh, well, the queue was too long early, so we decided to go to booking. So unless you were here at 10 or 1, you can't book. And I was like, well, when did you announce this? Oh, no, we didn't announce it. So how the fuck yeah, is anybody supposed just, to announce play it? Oh, silly nonsense. Ridiculous. Sony do that. They like mm. a booking. Let's book for VR and make you sit for 40 minutes like a piece of shit and a fucking pen just so you can fucking then get I can. Well, no, I can kind of get that because they, they had a small number of units and but they like, don't, you should everyone's going to want to try right, that you out. You come but, back at this exact time, you will get the pick of your game. What it is is mm-hmm. basically you sit for 40 minutes and you're told, right, you're playing this. Tough shit. Point being, right, I got a full game of rigs, right? A full game, so that was what? Ten minutes, maybe the match, right? Andy for uh, Kodak Momentum, he get like four and a half minutes on the heist. That was it. That was what his forty minutes was for. Was for playing the heist for four and a half minutes, and that was him told to get on. His it was way. enough to sell him on buying it, though, no, wasn't it? That's not the bloody point. The point is, the, <laughs> no, the no, I know, I know what you're getting. Quality, at. It's like Batman was there. I never got a sniffed of a Batman. Really? Resident Evil was there. Yeah, but he was hiding in the rafters. Uh, Resident yeah, Evil was there. Batman VR actually has the, the cowl as well, doesn't it? That, that was the thing, was you put the headphones yeah. on and you, see, you get the ears and stuff. Resident Evil was yeah. there, not a snifter of that. And it's just kind of like, what, well, is it, what, what is this elitism? Like, you're meant to sell me this product. You're not meant to make me crawl through shit to get to you to play the product, you know what I mean? And it's just... Stuart, Stuart, talking about selling products, the company that actually sponsored the whole fucking deal, Amazon... Oh, God, Jesus, Jesus. They're saying go over to the Amazon stand now and you can get a T-shirt. It's not even on the fucking map. It was yeah. a tiny, tiny stand yeah. at the back. But the thing was as well, yeah, and you have to use an app to buy it yourself, and then there was the two-hour time delay on it. Or I never thought in my life I'd be so sad to see the gone a game. Because the thing was with game was you went in the game, you picked up a game, and you kind of went, I kind of want this, but I don't really want it. But because it's the show, you're like, well, I could just get it, and you would buy it, especially for Impulse, a standard price as well I, that you get it in a store. Do you know what I mean? Impulse buys. Yeah. Whereas there was none yeah. of that because. It was all clinical. It was all clinical, and it was all sterile, and it was passionless, and it was just like it was the first gaming convention I've been to where you can't buy a fucking game. Yeah. Now, um, <laughs> no, you could you could buy you could, you could buy two. If, if the game was out. Yeah, then you could scan it, and it would be delivered to the Amazon shop but in a couple of hours. They had a cut-off time of 
half past three, even though the show was open till five. At half past three, you can't do anything with it anyway. It was open if, till seven. The show was, the weekend, but, the, yeah. the, but yeah. you couldn't order oh, anything. Oh, the booth is open till five, right? Well, no, 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 but you couldn't order anything past half past three for this two hour d- delivery. Well, to be fair, I'm only going to drive home for another hour, possibly not play it that night, depending on how knackered I am. So before eight o'clock at night, I could have just gone on Amazon, paid the Prime, or I've got Prime anyway, and it'd have been there sometime the next day. Mm-hmm. So it's not a massive biggie, but yeah, just, yeah. I think, I think the, yeah. as I said, it was sort of half As I said on the show yeah. for, right, when you look at the map and it shows you the dev sessions, Saturday and Sunday, right, there were only four dev sessions on Saturday and three, three dev sessions on Sunday. What the fuck is that about? Two of your busiest days and you've only got three dev sessions. I'm sure you could rake up somebody. Remember, this is the event where Hiro Kojima was, Frank O'Connor was, the guy that ran Sony was. You know what I mean? They've got the prestige to bring people in. Peter Molyneux. Uh, Peter Molyneux, yep, yep, before he went to the old yeah. folks home. Uh, he was there. And and, and, knew, <laughs> and knew it's like, what, what was the best thing date? We can throw the governor. No, no offence to the indie guys, right? But we can throw the governor a couple of indie guys. And it's kind of like, yeah, what the, get him on stage, get him a bit more publicity, what, find more what, about. Been brilliant. Tell me I'm going to raise too. Don't tell me. Don't don't don't, don't try and sell me something that's in my head been amazing in the past six years. And then this year it's like, by the way, guys, yeah, we've not quite delivered on what we were. And, and instead of telling you, we're just going to let you come in and then you're going to be like, hold on a minute, what am I doing here with myself? You know what I mean? Because it, it was it was an anticlimactic event as an event. And I, I don't know who's pissed off who or who's done what or who's no signing what deals, but. To be honest with you, it's like this is the first year I'm kind of like insomnia starts looking really nice after a time it got empty. I've never seen that happen at a Eurogame. It was like after half three, it was dying doing big time, and we're kind of I'm kind of like, well, no, but it's rude, but that's no a Eurogamer thing. Eurogamers pack to their afters all the time, every time. Queues are massive because folk are trying to play everything, and it was basically like, right, we've played everything, right? Um, I could be a him playing Forza right now. Right, okay, right, let's get him. And that was what it felt like. It was like folk just were like, right, we've done our, we've done it, we've done four laps, and we've bought some t-shirts for the three different styles that sell the same t-shirts. Let's go. And that that was it. It was it was it was light on content unless you were right in your indies. I think. Well, that's the thing. It's like the the AAA stuff. Uh, apart from thing, a few select titles, Gran Turismo, and a few other bits and pieces. This seems to have a queue all the time. Um, yeah, as later on in the day, the AAA games sort of the queues died down quite a lot, but the indie stuff was packed all weekend. Yeah. Like yeah. there were people that's all there was. games. That, that's queuing. where the, that's where all the action was. You know what I mean? That's yeah, the AAA stuff that was so sadly lacking, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, to, to, the I indie guess. games is where all the good stuff was. So, no, but the thing is, well, was like I got shocked in my system when I stood for South Park. I stood for two and a half hours for South Park. That's a standard Eurogamer queue. If I'm brutally honest, two plus hours is a standard mm. Eurogamer queue. And my body didn't know what hit yeah. it. Standing in that queue for two and a half hours because I was like, oh my god, what's that in there? It's, and it dawned on me, and my girlfriend, I went, wait a minute, this is the only Eurogamer game at Eurogamer because they're running two. Like, see, this is the thing that did my nothing at South Park, right? Yeah, the, the, the Nokia Rift's great, right? Have two units, then have a bank of machines playing South Park. Just a bank yeah. of standard. Yeah, yeah. Because people want to play that game, give them a go. Instead of just having two machines with the, with the prototype stuff and nothing else. And it's kind of like, why? Like, 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 I'm not a rocket scientist, I don't work for Eurogamer, but I still can go, right, put a unit here, put a unit there. You know what I mean? You could, you could fill out the holes. There was just so much empty space and so much just un... It's, 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 it's infuriating. Do you know what I mean? 
that might have been down to the fact that that Ubisoft didn't really have a presence there. See, right? I, w- I was wanting yeah. to ask if that yeah. is a Ubisoft stand or an Oculus Rift stand. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it, yeah. it seemed to be just a Nozulus Rift stand, yeah. really. Yeah. I think I think to draw a line under it, because me and Stu could, could rant for hours, um, is if it was your first Eurogamer, and if it was the first Eurogamer full stop, it was good. Um, I think everyone else had a, a really good time. Me and Stu still had a good time, and, and it was great meeting you guys and, and different things. Uh, I possibly went for slightly different reasons um, than, than playing the games after we did the, the preview show. Um, but it, it was still good. Um, it's just not as good as what it's we It's a decent benchmark for the minute. Because next year's show, if yes. it comes back to how it was, it's going to blow their socks clean off. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And it'll yeah. be like they'll be yeah. like they'll be like, oh shit, this is like amazing. And we'll be like, right, back into flavour country, good times. Let's never speak of this yeah. again. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but if it doesn't and it, it stays this way, then we've got an issue and we need to phone Eurogamer's mother and talk to it. Well, certainly as a first timer um at EGX, I was impressed at what it was, but my takeaway is that I'm now looking to see if I can make it to EGX raised at the end of March I'm London. looking at that at the moment and that seems like way more my sort of thing I reckon well, it's just what Eurogamer yeah, was before the definitely. COD stand yeah yeah. plus like <laughs> they've actually got uh, a more high profile keynote speaker at Rest than they did at Eurogamer this year because Ken Levine's going to uh, Rest that was where Alambrill started going for me because I'm like why is he not at Eurogamer and they announced him like three months ago and it's kind of like it, he's well. He makes indie games but, now, doesn't he? Well, he makes but, small. But all the yeah. indie devs were talking at this. See, there's no that, and I can see your point, and your point's fair. But at the same time, as there were so many indie devs talking at Eurogamer, you can't. It, it's no valid point now because it's it's no like they were travel ways pushing them. No, no, there was like at least nine, and there was at least six indies they could have squashed with. Like, if he was there, we might be in a different boat. You know what I mean? Because you'd have went. Oh, I went and saw a power. A Power of games design. Who's Ken Levine? Who's Ken Levine? Who's, uh, Bioshock. Um, he made Bioshock, Bioshock System Infinite, Shock. System Shock Two, Anything with Shock, Thief. Isn't it? He's sort of like a giant in in the gaming world. <laughs> in the games that I don't play. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, we've got to have some more highlights than that, right? For me, it was there wasn't many games there that I wanted to play. The games I wanted to play, I couldn't play. Um, and then meeting you guys and, and the guys from Codec Moments and having a having a giggle, really, uh, looking at Fat Harley yeah, Quinn. Yeah, it was. And all sorts it was of great stuff. to meet all of you guys and and uh, yeah, to meet the, the the guys from Codec Moments. Um, the developer sessions, I only really went to two of them, but uh, the two that went to I really enjoyed the Hitman yeah. one and the um, the one that was like a yeah, two guys from Sixty Five Days of Static talking about how they made a uh, infinitely procedural soundtrack for No Man's Sky that was really interesting. But you could have watched that um, on YouTube, and you can still watch it on YouTube because they're archived. That's my argument as well. Was like Bleh. yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed being in the room there with with two members of a band I really like talking about uh, an album they made that. I really liked. Um, it was it was quite it was half empty the hall, which was a bit disappointing for that one. Like the Hitman one was packed. It was quite but, late on that one. Um, but this one was so half empty. Can empty. argue they yeah, the done, done the four yeah. laps. Let's go and play uh, Destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like the whole indie section, like I discovered so many games that probably would have. I I, I, I mean, Stuart's constantly. Uh, you know, uh, trawling through Steam looking for new games, but I don't check out the Steam store as much as I should. Um, and so, to get the chance to see a bunch of games that I 
wouldn't probably wouldn't have even known it existed. I mean, there were a few there that I'd already heard of, like Jalopy and, and games like that, and and Overcooked, which I already have. Uh, but most of those indie games that I played were just the complete surprises, and almost all of them were really pleasant surprises. Um, I found some. I've got a list. Uh, well, we've got the list here of the games that were there, and there's there's quite a few on there that I ch that I saw or got hands on that I'm really interested in now, that I probably wouldn't have even heard of otherwise. Yeah, there's even quite a few on the list actually. Um, if you go to um, egx.net um, forward slash egx forward slash 2016 forward slash show dash floor there's a full list of all the games that were there at the show and if you actually go down to the raised and the left field collection there's links to an awful lot of the websites what have you which do actually have either demo versions or um, sort of pre-release versions of a lot of the games um, that you can actually play in your own time and what have you and maybe take a little bit more time over um, which is really nice to see there were some really tempting ones. I mean, Gang Beasts, that was just so much fun. <laughs> that, that, was, yeah. <laughs> that was ridiculous. But again, that's been there a couple of years now, hasn't it? Um, yeah, and Gang Beasts did, has been out for a good while. Then there were that Jump Stars that me and you played on with those other two guys. and that Yeah, was that just looked uh, completely mad. It's like a, a, multi a multiplayer thing where you're trying to get your team score up, but also then um, Once you get obviously past trying... Trying to beat the individual scores of the other players as well. Yeah, but um, once so you got yeah, past had... fifteen thousand, you it became every man for themselves, didn't it? Which was yeah. a great idea. Yeah, it is, and uh, there was quite a lot of the other indie guys actually doing that. You know, actually having a leaderboard throughout the weekend. It would um, just sort taped of up with bits of paper yeah. all over the place. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, just giving away prizes to the sort of top team or top player or whatever of the weekend, and you know, things like that actually introduced a little bit of competition. Um, whereas, you know, okay, they were doing sort of competitions on things like Tekken 7 and Street Fighter 5, and then obviously there was the um, the time challenge on Destiny, and um, Mark, whenever he was playing Hitman, um, managed to get the elusive targets, <laughs> and there was a 20-minute time limit on it. Um, so yeah, Mark and he did it in half the time. <laughs> yeah. <Show> off. <laughs> I'm just that good. <laughs> well, so, you know, just it, damn lucky. <laughs> yeah, it's additional little things like that um, that actually are a lot more interesting, and while there wasn't a huge, or didn't seem to be a huge amount of interest in it. They did actually have um, quite a big esports stand um, with a couple of teams that came over. Uh, now, admittedly, I think there was an awful lot of a financial incentive. For Four teams, teams came over. Hundred thousand prize pot. Every team walked away with a minimum of twenty grand. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to make people turn away when you're throwing twenty thousand pound at them to turn up for a kind of. Yeah, but it, it's very hard to get people to sit and watch. No, them, no, <laughs> you, yeah. you, you, you build in your your your. Your youth, your syndicate fan, your Yogscast fan—they mm. want that sweet, sweet taste of the sweaty an esports player. That's why, like, Lim were there with their scuff controllers and their gamer grip solutions and stuff. You know, that was that was that's that <laughs> market. You know what I mean? That's the that's the insomnia crowd. You know what I mean? Um, mm. That's that is the insomnia crowd, and that's them trying to harness a bit of that. That that, that's there was also um, the Overwatch uh, competition going on with like the the four banks of PCs and uh, a set of commentators and uh, showcasters, a, a, an area for the audience to sit and yeah, shoutcasters, yeah, and you could go and sit uh, like as an audience area, you could go and sit and watch these teams uh, play like top level Overwatch. So um, I mean, uh, and so I ended up watching a few matches of that, and that was quite entertaining as well. Um, there was so. Uh, decent PC gaming presence there as well aside from like the indie game section there was like tucked away here there and everywhere there were like dedicated stands for like P 
PC hardware and PC gaming as well, wasn't it? You, there you all, checked there was out P- some of the... P- yeah, PC Specialist and uh, Scan.co.uk um, were there as well. They're always the yeah. Yeah. But they're razor. Re- yeah, showing... You know? uh, there might have been Razor, there was a couple of other wee ones. Uh, there was uh, no, yeah, there was no Razor stand yeah. this year. Yeah, there was maybe a couple of other ones that um, were doing like Corsair and what have you, um, were sort of um, maybe part of the Scan stand. Um, but certainly, yeah, they were showing off ridiculous um, hardware and what have you at ridiculous mm. prices. And um, some yeah. of the uh, like uh, more unconventional hardware as well, like that weird walk pad for the um, was it Oculus or HTC Vive that <laughs> Andy from Cardiac Moments stacked it on. I can't remember which one, yeah, but that looked interesting. Yeah, um, it was just sort of big slippers that you put on, <laughs> and there was the. Um, I think it was actually hooked up to. Um, it might have been even have been. Um, it was like Fallout, wasn't it? Yeah, Fallout. It might have been Fallout, but I think yeah, I yeah. think there might have been. I overheard um, somebody saying that it actually can technically work with mobile phones on VR headsets as well, um, but I'm not sure about that. I want to just bring up one thing. Right? Whoever was a arsehole dickhead who put the tornado stand right at the front door. Needs yeah. shot because when you're standing there in a queue, seventy deep, right, and we're all hungry to run in, and the doors open and they all run in, and half of them go, oh, free, free juice, free juice, and they stand. You end up getting a immovable force meeting a, a running force. So I, I don't know if any, did any actually turn up at like opening doors because nah. at opening time it was horrible, it was carnage because what happened was the doors opened, but only half the space was viable because all the rest of them were stalling trying to grab a free can of this sugar and it was just horrible it was a carnage because they're stalling trying to grab the can and everybody else is just running into them and it's kind of like I swear there's about three stands of those about as well because there's uh, a big one but if you think about it further in. if it's your first day and the first thing you're getting offered is a free juice you're going to go oh free juice and I'm like yeah. why <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's like see when they send the serve that's one of the things I will say to them is that is a risk to showgoers that because you've got people stopping and loads of people rushing in and people are going to get hurt do you know what I mean because they said they would never do the COD thing again because everybody crushed in the waves and that that was an excellent Eurogamer by the way um, I was there I survived it um, and they said they would never do that again because they tried to funnel them and kettle them it didn't work this was very similar people were trying to get in but there were people just standing right at the front door and queuing to get free juice and it just it was it was just not nice it was not a nice experience and I just know why you go to these things and they underestimate the, the, the tenacity and the the excitement of people in the queue you know what I mean because when it all starts when you, you know when a queue when a big crowd starts moving and you're basically just there for the ride you've not got an option that happened a few days I think that happened Friday and Saturday especially Saturday Saturday was extremely busy opening hours um, and I just thought it was a really poorly placed thing putting that juice stand at the, the front door so yeah negative marks for health and safety I suppose one thing we haven't really talked about is that for quite a lot of us this was the first opportunity we had to get hands on with PlayStation VR uh, and this is the first time I'd used the VR headset apart from the Gear VR so how did, how did you guys I mean Stuart and Ali I guess you tried PSVR before uh, yeah yeah. I tried yeah I tried it last yeah, year I tried before. it last year and I tried the Valkyrie last year yeah but uh, for me Kevin Stewart it was the first time we'd ever ever tried it so um, what did you think of it totally sold yeah yep like yeah. it's it's a surprisingly comfortable headset isn't it I yeah. thought it would be mm-hmm. quite heavy but it's not at all like it's um, it's quite light it's quite comfortable um, 
you can still see very faintly the gap between the pixels um, on the screens. I don't know whether you whether you get that on Oculus and uh, HTC Vive, but I was thoroughly impressed with with, with the text. Did you just get to? Well, I couldn't. I was. I couldn't see the gap, but that's because I forgot to put my glasses on. So I, was, <laughs> I was looking at everything close up fuzzy. Seeing the Tefer stand, did you get to physically put the headset on your head? Like, actually. That, no, they, see, they, they did see, it for you. See, this is the thing, because Battle Tanks actually finally got shown. Like, the guy went, right, hold this bit to do this, hold this to do this. And I'm like, oh, you know, I actually said to him, you know, going to put that on my head. And he went, no, no, you're going to put it on your head and get it fitting so you're happy with the actual. The setting, I went. Oh, that's really weird because Sony don't trust anybody to do that. And they're like, "Yeah, we know." And we're, he's like, "I don't know why they do that, but yeah, Sony fits it to your head. Like, yeah, like seems like to everyone, they put it on your head and fit it to shape. Whereas Battle Tanks, the guys are like, right. This button at the back does this. This dial does this. This does this. And you actually get a kind of knowledge of how the unit actually works. You know. And I thought that was once really well, well, once whenever I was untethered, um, the guys did actually show show me. Even yeah. he put it on my head, admittedly, and uh, even whenever I did the PSVR experience as well with Sony, um, the guy kind of handed me the thing, and that was he was about to sort of tell me, but I already knew from the tethered guys anyway. Um, so he was happy enough to let me crack on with it. Yeah, because they do they, the tethered guys put it on your head, but then they just say, right, it's this button at the bottom. And then you just click it in, and you you just find your own way. You know, get it mm. as comfortable as you want. Yeah, Stuart and Ali, like you, you tried the headset before. Um, have you have you tried the other VR headsets at I've all? I've tried Oculus, um, and I've tried something else for the market. The Vive? No, tried the Vibe. Yep, Vibe's the one of that's always. Okay. Uh, Vive was near there this year. There was there was one or two Vibes. Uh, well, no, the Vive was but there. Yeah, I'm saying in retrospect, it, it, whereas last year there was a oh, Vive right, right. booth. There was a stone up, come in and play the vibe, be the vibe, and all that shit. Whereas this year, there was nothing. You know, I think the build quality for the first year has improved tremendously. I actually think maybe the ones we tried last year, maybe the ones I tried last year, were prototype or very, because I felt it was plasticky, I felt it was cheap feeling. Yeah. Whereas this year, it was a bit more robust, a bit more sturdier, um, a lot more comfortable. Um, and I think again I think it's like like I was saying it's like uh, I don't know if we said it in the show we said it at uh, Green Room but I was saying like how your next VR experience is the best experience you'll experience so like Eve Valkyrie was so-so Battle Tanks was alright and great uh, but Riggs was like the actual when you when you launch in the mech you felt yourself going whoa and you actually were like hold on a minute this is getting good but then you're kind of like well obviously the next thing I play will be the best thing like Drive Club will be the best thing and shit you know what I mean so it's kind of like it's a very undulating territory the new way like it's like uh, the, the newness yet because you're only getting bite sized chunks of playing it and you're no sitting there for like four hours waiting on the back of your head going well oh, this is this mm. is great you know? and I think it's just a case of everyone <laughs> should be took with a pinch of salt like I know you guys think it's amazing and I'll admit it's a really nice piece of kit and stuff but I still think the proof's in the kind of like what's the longevity i.e. how long are you allowed to wear it before you go blind and stuff you know because the thing is about rigs as well you could feel your, I, could, I could physically feel myself forgetting the Real world. I know that sounds really 1992, but when you look down at yourself, you're in the suit and you're like, "What?" I'm like, "I'm wearing the suit," and it's like, "That's fucking awesome and shit." And then you go like, "Wait, I mean, I can't actually see the real world here." And you could have feel yourself getting lost in the. You can see how it would be easy to end up 
no eating for six days and dying. Um, <laughs> no, I, I had exactly the same thing with Tethered. It was the only point over the weekend where like everything that was around me just drifted away, and I just with the headset on and the pair of headphones, I was just lost in the game for like mm. what 10, yeah. 15 minutes, however long mm. it was you actually got to play it. So you very quickly get immersed into it, and then mm. you suddenly like, wow, okay, someone's tapping me on the shoulder, and you feel like you've been playing it for quite a long time, um, yeah. and you've only been on it ten minutes or so. And you take it off, and you're like, oh, okay, this is the real world. Uh, it was like that mm. when I played the. Uh, the heist mission last year uh, and then the guy was tapping me and I was like oh, damn is that it is it over but I was like wow oh shit yeah sorry I forgot you were there um, <laughs> and it, it just it does immerse you it's weird how your brain quickly just snaps into that that mode well my second go at it at EGX was the um, the go on the deeper the deep descent um, mm. which is a fully pre-rendered uh, non-interactive demo and if that had been my first experience, I would have been very disappointed. Uh, the fact that I played Tethered before playing that, um, so Tethered definitely sold it on me, whereas just the pre-rendered demo was just a little bit dull and very predictably scripted as well. That's the one with the big shark, basically isn't it? You're, it is, yeah, you're in a shark cage, you get lowered down sort of through various oh, depths yeah, of the ocean, so you yeah. see, you know, coral beds and what have you, um, a, a turtle swimming past you, and then you see some manta rays, some jellyfish and what have you, and then the end... Um, bit of it is the shark cage being attacked by a large great white shark but if you've seen enough shark films it just felt very formulaic and it it didn't really do a whole lot for me I want to play like um, a cod in it I want to play something where you feel like, like you play these and you're kind of like oh I can feel I'm part of it but I want to be like the guy at the wall where a guy's shouting at me going we've got three guys moving in fucking get over that wall and stuff and I want to be able to like feel mm-hmm. like I'm part of something you know what I mean whereas it all feels very removed if you know what I mean, like, like I've seen the first, there's a fire or something, there's a first person shooter in it, and it's like, this is cool and stuff, but there's no, like, like, you imagine, like, when you're playing a game and the guy's sitting talking to you and stuff, like, right, we're moving here and that, you imagine that would be amazing, or, like, a Mirror's Edge, I keep saying Mirror's Edge, but I really want to try Mirror's Edge in VR, because I think that'll be amazing. The first thing I'm going to do is throw myself off the building, because I want to experience that plunge. Do you know what I mean? They, they do that thing where you fall and then it starts, the wind starts tearing through you, through your ears. I want to experience that in VR, yeah. and I want to experience because that's what I say to the guy, and the guy's like, "Well, you know, it's about first-person shooters, mate. They're a bit far off for this just now. You know, this is still early days." I'm like, "Going, but why? Why did you not get to Activision and go right build a new COD in this? We need it. You know what I mean? Mm. That's a system seller. You know what I mean, imagine playing COD in your living room, fully immersed with a guy shouting orders at you, running about, dodging grenades and stuff and all that. Um, but then I don't know. You know what I mean? It's 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 it's." to come I assume and down the line but even then like I don't see anybody actually trying to do anything like that majorly you know it's all very it's all very like gun like you're either flying something sitting in something driving something or it's on real shooting like a kind of point and click and no point and click mm. like a time crisis well that's that's why Tethered was so was so refreshing is because it, it's not like any so, I mean I've played a fair few VR games on uh, on Gear VR and they do tend to be like sort of like so like Eve Gunjack which is just a like a space turret shooter thing or um, millions and millions of um, crappy first person horror games and a few puzzle games stuff like that but like nothing like tethered like a get using the VR headset to get around the limitations of playing an RTS game on on a controller um it's really really early days for VR though so well they've got a 50. lot of the games sorry 
uh, they've got 50 games lined up be- to be released before Christmas. Yeah, so and I mean, a lot of those demos. are going to be sort of like tech demos, yeah, and like <clears> short experiences and like showing off the sort of. I mean, like Riggs is it seems like a like a full game. I don't know how much of a game uh, London Heist is. Um, but a lot of the games are going to be. I mean, you need companies like Media Molecule to come along and and play with the with the hardware and see what they can make out yeah. of it and try and push it in in new directions. But I, I think VR's got a bright future. Um, and I'm after playing with with uh, PSVR. I mean, I'm I, I was already well into VR with the Gear VR, but um, now I'm fully sold on it. Um, it just, I, th- I think we just need to wait a little while mm. for the games to come. I think a lot of it actually does come down to the cost and what have you as well. So for myself, without um, having either a PS4, um, you know, even as a starting point, um, or even like a PC um, that would be compatible with either Oculus Rift or HTC Vive, I'm looking at a minimum of a £700 spend. Um, to, well, you don't have a machine, do you? So. Unless they start doing bundles. Well, that's that's what I mean, you know. Um, yeah, for some people, yes, it will be just be the addition of um, having buying the PSVR headset whenever it comes out, and in theory, that's in around sort of um, three hundred and fifty quid or whatever. Um, there is the compatibility with the Slim, isn't it? It is going to work with that. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, because um, the Slim yeah, is the, just a regular PS4, just redesigned. Yeah. So the the Pro gives it a little bit of a boost, but not mm-hmm. massively potentially. No. Um, so yeah, you're still, you know, even taking that into consideration then, and assuming that the price of the PSVR, I think it was rumored in around 350 or thereabouts, but I don't think a final um, sort of cost has been announced as yet. Um, so yeah, you're still looking in around um, sort of 600 pounds, um, which for a potentially solo or single player game experiences does seem to be quite a lot of money to shell out. Um, if you don't already have at least some of the kit. But it seems that you're kind of 20 something batch on who's like disposable income, you know what I mean? Fuck it, just buy it and see what happens. We're kind of back to the, sort of the, person who, the, the 90s. Well, I was going to say, the sort of the sort of person that spends loads of money on like Halo trainers yeah. or custom yeah, just pay, uh, just and things like that. Just to pay, just get a PlayStation logo on it, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? The truth will be outed. Um, but I, I, oh no, wait, you said 20 something as yeah, well, didn't that's you? that's also from me, I Oh, um, see, see, all, all the all, all the <laughs> commit at night, mostly. Um, <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, we're kind of that kind of bit in the nineties when there was like, oh, the wonder of all these different things were coming out, like the Philips CDO and shit and all that. Yeah, you know I mean, it's we're kind of kind of at that stage again in life, which is quite cool because it's the kind of unknown, as I said, unknown country. Uh, but it's the kind of unknown about them. You know what I mean? Because we could be sitting here, as as we've seen with Oculus in the vibe when it. Um, when they launched it just didn't happen but then that's linked to the fact that you need to spend shit tons to build a PC for them so realistically PlayStation VR is going to be the first true test of VR in a reasonable way for Joe Bloggs to pick it up in the street if you know what I mean um, because it's going to mm. be like, most people it's going to be £300 and plug it in and go um, I think that's the big the big telling point is if it given the I know Amazon's like pre-order lists like new put back like it's like if you pre-order your new like in December before you'll get it you know um, but at the same time it's kind of like how many are they selling the new so you really want to come six months time down the line and see if we're sitting here at E3 and they're like right we're going to bring out Rise of the Guardians or that's not what the fucking game's called is it what's the one with the big chitting dog thing 
Last Guardian, Guardian uh, yeah. Rise of the Guardians the sequel uh, if we're going to bring that out in 3D and stuff and all that you know so maybe that's why I was going to say maybe that's why Gran Turismo's been put back because they're okay. because they're, they're building a VR element to it see I it's the same thing with Drive Club VR I don't want to play a racing game in VR as immersive as I imagine it would be like the whole like um and this has been backed up by people who've who've played racing games in VR. Cha- like sh- a quick changes in elevation and like rapid deceleration when you break hard for a corner. Apparently, when you're playing that in VR, it's like really unsettling and it's caused lots of people to feel really badly motion that's sick. That's what you want. That's that's when you know you're alive. But that's the whole. That's <laughs> that's the thing. That's no. But that's the difference between sitting in your big comfy chair at home and actually feeling like you're doing something. You know what I mean? That's the difference between playing it on a TV screen and playing it on a smaller TV screen attached to your eyes, you know. And I think that's the key point: is like people are saying that's how they feel. That's on. That's 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 the sweet spot. You know what I mean? Because you can actually turn around and go. By the way, this actually works. You know what I mean? See if they say that it's just like, yeah, it's fine. It's extending like the pictures, playing it. You know what I mean? You would have went. That's ah, no really. But when they go, oh, I feel sick. You're like, oh my god, give me a go, give me a go. I want to try it. Do you know what I mean? So it's 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 an interesting thing. But um, I think that's that, mm. that that's the overall riding thing to take away from Eurogamer this year is like VR came home to roost, you know? Yeah. In a big way. Well, certainly a lot of the, the indie games that were doing VR um, did seem to be very popular um, for people wanting to try them and what have you. And again, while you know, you'll have the big companies like Sony and what have you sort of pushing for their brand of VR it will come down to whether or not there are other experiences, you know, with, with people who are doing Tethered, um, Secret Sorcery and what have you, it will come down to those other experiences and yeah. not necessarily sort of the first party titles and things like that, or at least um, yeah. sort of the bigger third party um, companies and what have you, um, who they can entice to actually do things with. See, that's the stuff that's selling me on VR, like games like Tethered and... Um, the uh, the playroom version, like the the, the re- like they've reworked the playroom to work in uh, PlayStation VR, like interesting experiences like that, rather than playing a first person shooter in a VR headset or or playing Fallout in a first uh, in, in a VR headset. Like the interesting titles is, is what is going to sell me on the on the, the hardware, and there's plenty of evidence that people are trying interesting things with it. The one thing, um, and, and this might be a conversation for another time, um, just to add this in, but um, what is Microsoft's response to this? Oculus. Um, obviously, they keep saying about this Halo and stuff, Halo Lens and whatnot, but Oculus. there's just... It's got to be Oculus, because yeah, they've, well, they've, no, they've, they've done the deal with them. Nothing's confirmed. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, this is the thing, if, if it's going to be Oculus, it's going to have to be a different version of the Oculus, because... Even Scorpio is not going to hit the minimum requirements required for what is Oculus at the moment. Again, Kutam. Because, and they'd have to make a cheaper headset as well because the Oculus is what, 600 quid for the headset? Mm, it's in the round, yeah, 6800, yeah. I think, it's, isn't it? It's but, prohibitively expensive. But they could just be behind the, the market. Obviously, PlayStation's pretty much ready to go with well, it. That's the thing as well. They could just be sitting waiting. Things, but then it's going to be. Yeah, you're going to probably take a year for VR to bed in with Sony, so this time next year it could be like, oh my god, I can't believe that Call of Duty have done something or whatever. Because um, they could have given it to one of the guys that's on a, a longer rotation to get that done. Um, and then Microsoft will come along and go, oh look, we've got this. And it's like, well, mate, it's worse than what theirs was when they first brought theirs out, possibly, I don't know. But, I don't know, just something to put out there. 
Well, just to, to wrap it up, really, I mean, I, I mean, I, I had a really, really good time. Uh, I know, Stu and Ali, you were a little bit disappointed compared to previous the one. Um, but I had a really good time. Um, the highlight was, was definitely getting to meet you guys and, and hang out with you. And, and Stuart, uh, like you were saying in the uh, on the Twitter chat the other day, it's, it's nice to see that we all get on as well in person yeah. uh, as well yeah, as we do uh, over Twitter and uh, you know over Skype. Um, I had a really, really good weekend and I can't wait for the next time that we have a meet-up. Yeah. Maybe Res we'll next year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. E3 next year. E3. <laughs> Gamescom. Oh, we can dream. Nah, not going to a games thing. We'll just go to Royston Basie with Codec guys. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just go down the pub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess like, if, if you went to, to EGX uh, and you've got any thoughts on, on uh, your experiences and, and the, the games you saw, your highlights, lowlights, what you thought of EGX this year, then you can uh, let us know via the, the regular means. You can get you can contact us on Twitter at LapsGamer. You can email us at lapsgamerradio at gmail.com. You can visit the website lapsgamer.com. Um, uh, yeah, you can visit the the, the, the Facebook, uh, Lapsgamer. Just search for Lapsgamer Radio on Facebook, and we've got a page there, and we've got a, a group that you can join as well if you want to join us in a little bit of chatter. Um, you can uh, download episodes and stream them at Podbean, which is uh, Podbean uh, labsgamerradio.podbean.com, and you can uh, download episodes via iTunes as well. If you do that, then please be so kind as to leave a review. And um, do we have stars on? Do you yeah, give, give them it a rating, rating on? and yeah, let us give know if you're doing a good or bad job, but don't be too harsh with the bad words. Yeah, that's what send Cullen after you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <thanks. laughs> <laughs> well killed, willing to travel. <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, it was a fantastic weekend. Yep. I had a great time with you all, and it's yep. been great to chat again. Um, so I guess all we left to say is uh, thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Yeah, that was my highlight, having a beer with all you guys um, and the fact that they were open from 10 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>